I would like to procure the bag. I want to be a rich bitch. Penthouse doorman. Money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, hey, give me that bag. Rich bitch. You're so rich. pay me. We shall. We shall. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! It's what? been a minute a for us. A minute. Well, it's been a short minute. It was just—it's not even been a whole week. <laughs> no, no. Since we saw each other, but since we recorded. Oh, since one. we recorded, that is true. That is what I mean. Because not... we're champions at content stacking. I know. We're doing that right. But no one needs to know that. Oops. Cats Oops. out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone yeah. knows. If you're not content stacking at this point, what are you even doing on social yeah, media? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> truly. Like you're not using it wisely. That's no, for sure. No, I think I have like 22 drafts in my TikTok. Amazing backlog, just waiting to go. Waiting I to need to be you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, contents. That's that's the mistake that I think people make with content. I make it too. I made it for years, and it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing a lot of the things that I was doing is because I felt like half the time I was trying to play catch up with content, right? And trying to just be like, oh well, I should record this, or like, oh, I should put this up, and then mm. what you end up defaulting to is just trying to sell the thing or get people to pay attention to the thing the right. whole time and then they glaze over and they don't pay attention anymore. And they're like, cool, where's and the next like, thing? Great, next, I gotta, yeah, great. But no, like I get when that. You, when you stack, you have a little bit more like brain space to just be like, cool, let's do this. And like really in a real, in a real working professional situation where like it's a company and it's whatever, like mm-hmm. that shit's planned months in advance, right. months and months and months in advance. Right. Yeah, and that's not me, but I would like it to be. Well, At some point. I am like that in most things in my life, but when it comes to like, I guess it was just like when it came to content sometimes, I feel like I was always like, I read a statistic today, actually, this is kind of a side tangent, that 60% of adults in America are paycheck to paycheck, if not more. Yeah. Right? And so there's that same mentality that bleeds into content. Yeah. It's going to sound wild, but it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're making it just to have it out and then you're like, oh, oh, oh. Well, to tie into that, too, I saw um, a I don't remember if it was a meme or a tweet or something where someone was like, I finally figured out why uh, queer eye for a straight guy has always rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. And they went into this whole diatribe about how, like, these people that they're helping and changing their lives, like, yes, they're giving them like new clothes or they're fixing up their house or whatever. What it really comes down to is money. Right. They're giving that person the feeling of what it feels like to have money and not have to worry about it for a minute. And that's why it's so touching because these people are probably part of the 60% of America that lives paycheck to paycheck. Right. And they don't think to remodel their house, buy themselves clothes, take care of themselves. Or they can't. Because they can't afford it. Right. It's not like, oh, I'll pay a little less on my credit card this month so I can go treat myself. Like, that's just not the mentality. Right. And... Um, if they can even pay their credit card in the first place, like, you know, that's, that's a reality too. Mm -hmm. And so like the queer eye thing is just giving them a glimpse of what it might feel like to not be in their position. Right. And like, it's not that I think it's a negative thing. Right. It's just giving someone something and then almost taking it away from them. Mm. Not that they take the things back, no. you know, but like, like oh my God, we you redid imagine? your house. Can we have episode, your living room yeah, back? After the credits, like every single episode after the credits, they're like, bye. Bye. JDM. Give me your throw pillows. Jonathan Van Ness is like, give me back. Right. Give me back your dress. Yeah. I'm going to wear it now. I'm going to wear it. Because yeah. I get it for free from the network. Thank you yeah, so much. Truly, but that's not, I don't think that's what happens. Absolutely I, d- not. I don't know what they're signing or what the deal is. But And also what they do is a kind thing. Like we need more kindness in the world. It's one totally. Of shows that's I like 100% agree goodness. with that. But, but it is but just, it is. it's like dipping someone into like, you know, gold for a hot second yeah. and then being like, okay, go back to your life now. Yeah. Bye. Well, they had, it, it is, it was like a wake up call because there was a post recently, an RIP uh, to the first guy who ever was on the show the first person they queer eyed uh he died because of some health thing and i'm like that sucks because no matter uh, duh everybody can get sick and everybody could die but my point is is that you the last thing i saw from him was him like living his life in like a really abundant way because of what they left for him what with him but really it's back to reality totally and back and, to life. and back to reality and i'm not by no means am i saying that it's a bad thing it's just kind of like that that oh I see what what's happening here in a different way and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to unsee it because I do love that show yeah I loved it um I mean I used to watch I don't I haven't seen the latest season I don't believe I think I stopped watching it a couple seasons well I mean I I loved the OGs oh me too I had the biggest crush on Tom work just the biggest crush on Mm -hmm, Tom mm -hmm. um and I actually met him and the wine guy at one point at the 
at some tea dance at the pier mm-hmm. it was the garden party that they used to do i don't know if they still do it yeah. but all the, like the restaurants in chelsea and surrounding yes. areas would get together and do this big party and there'd be entertainment and, and whatever and they were there and i got to meet them and like hang out with them for two minutes and i just was like so crushed by tom i just love him you're like i wish you like, where is he now yeah. also kyan douglas oh my god i follow him on instagram what hottie. i just love i mean i just have loved everyone that's been involved in that show so like yeah, it's fun to watch. It's a, it's a fat. It's a great show. It's a really great show. Well, I think I think the problem is, is we have like such a dichotomy of like, like it's another tangent, but dichotomy of like content we're ingesting. It's either like really fucking fucked up and dark, or it's like so sugar coated. You're like, this is not real. Well, I mean, let's talk sugar-coated because I'm here for this part. Like, okay. I've, I'm all for, like, the dark conspiracy theory side of TikTok sure. and, and the internet and whatnot. Oh, I love I th- It's totally theories. entertaining. Yeah. But I, like, I am willing right now in the year of our Gaga yeah. 2023. You're a Madonna. I am yeah. here to, ooh, who's in the hospital, yeah, by I the know. way. Okay. Ooh. ooh. Ooh, R.I.P. No, no, stop that. How dare you? That's my queen. I'll die. And I love her. Um, No, yes, get better. I think she's Um, in the ICU still, though. Yeah, I mean, well, it just happened today, I think. So, you know, today being, what, the 28th of June? I don't know. Whatever. It's probably July by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, but it's still pride for us. We'll get into later. But Um, But I am so, like... I was having this conversation about Broadway the other day, and I think it's true for some of the films that are coming out. Like, I am so gagged for this Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. I can not wait. We have to I see it. Read, I read, so at work now, I'm doing a nine-to-five situation at a big finance firm again. <laughs> back, to the, back to that <laughs> life. And uh, I spend half of my day reading, like, Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and Variety and all that because I have the time to do it. Sure. Um, it's, like, a thing I've always wanted to do, but it never felt like I had the time. And now I'm like, well, well I, I have, have these, this dual-connected monitors. Let's put Hollywood Reporter over here, and we'll put my calendar over here. And we'll I love that getting a job gave you more time. It literally did. It's awesome. so ridiculous. Um, it's so funny. I've started writing another book today. And my pitch deck's mostly done. Like, it's it's wild. Um, and we can talk about that another time. Yeah. But I'm so here for the Barbie movie, and I read on Deadline that they have opened up a house in the Hollywood Hills that they have painted Barbie pink, and it is available for Airbnbs now. And it has, like, a roller skating dance floor and a a pool with, like, an infinity edge or whatever. It just looks, and, like, the pink slide off the top of it, it just is Barbie Dreamhouse realness. I want to go. It's probably a million dollars a month. I haven't checked. 100%. Um, But I'm here for the bubblegum of it all. Oh, like yeah. the kitschy, catchy, funny. But like, there's a there's a brilliance to that. Like like oh, I agree. Had that brilliance to that. Where Agreed. It was, like, it was like as if, and then she's talking about right. homelessness, and you're like work, you know. Right. Or like she's like, you know, it's one thing to like have a toke at a party. It's another thing to be like a burnout all the time. And you're like, wow, she's really like saying. She's stuff. like so woke. She's nineties woke. woke. Saying stuff. Um, um, <laughs> no, I agree with that. Yeah. I think what what I mean it when I say the bubblegum, the I'm saying I, I want more of that. I want intelligent bubblegum oh, shit. Yeah. I just don't want stuff that's just so fluffy, blah, 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 that it's like there's not it's not real. Right. Right. Like like what we're talking about reality shows or we're talking about. Ugh. I can't even. But, I can't. But it, for better or worse, like Queer Eye is a reality series. And yeah. so there is like a veil of like it's so bubblegum fresh. Everybody's like so happy. And there it's is just like a the, dark- it's the feel good thing. And, and I'll tie yeah. this into like what I was having the conversation about Broadway with was like there's a lot of shows on the docket this year that are very bubblegummy and they're they have like smart intelligent writing behind them some of them um but some of them are just fluff and that is okay mm-hmm. you know like once upon a one more time Britney Spears musical oh my god like it's i i guarantee you the book isn't good i know nothing <laughs> about it i haven't seen it i am speculating here right. but also i don't care if the book is good right. because everything i'm seeing from them content wise and review wise from mm-hmm. people that i know who have seen it is just that it is so unbelievably fucking fun yeah and like what's so wrong with wanting to go to the theater spend however much money and sit there and just be like gooped entertained absolutely to death like i i just entertain me to death is what i'm is what i'm saying and so what also ties into that is titanic i was just about to say titanic yeah and and juliet yeah and um I mean, we have like Carly Rae Jepsen writing a, a musical of 10 Things I Hate About You. <gasps> we have Kelly Clarkson wow. that's announced that she's writing a musical. We have uh, Sarah Bareilles who's announced that she's writing yes. another musical. I'm 
waiting for Taylor Swift to do it because she's mm-hmm. an amazing lyricist yeah. and could tell the best story ever. Um, and so like, I'm all for this, yeah. like, like bubblegum candy thing. And it ties into like this theory that I have about Mamma Mia, which Mamma Mia in and of itself kind of changed the full industry in that mm. it worked. And so then everyone wanted to do like jukebox musicals after that. Sure. Like without Mamma Mia, I don't think there's a Jersey the musical Boys. works. The movie... Well, yeah, I mean, I think the box office would disagree, but no, the box, no, the box office doesn't um, have to agree. Totally. It's good. It's yeah, yeah. the highest selling, <laughs> which I found out when I was in London, it's the highest selling DVD in the UK. And I was like, really? That you know, doesn't so, surprise me. But yeah. like, so Mamma Mia on Broadway that opened in October of 2001. And it was right after 9-11. Wow. People were still feeling the feelings. And my own personal theory, I don't really have anything to substantiate this. Mm-hmm. But if 9-11 never happened, Mamma Mia would not have run as long as it did. We needed to smile. We needed to smile. Needed to and laugh. that's where we're at right now. 100% the, we're there. The, exactly. And that's where I think the, the nice tie-in is. Where the last three, four years have been absolutely abhorrent. And all of us just need to giggle and feel silly. Yeah. And so like Barbie... And once upon yeah. one more time, and Juliet, like, give me all of the brain candy. I want it. I don't want to think. I don't want to be like, like, I don't want. I don't want brain waves to be firing off. Yeah. I want to be like, duh, this is fun. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and like, I think of that fucking Padam song with Kylie Padam. Minogue. Like, it's Padam. so, it's so, so dumb, um, but but so good. But I can't stop singing. You know, it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> well, I think that's there's something about high art. And silliness and the the crossroads because, like you're saying, if it's stupid but stupid good, I'm here for it. It's camp. It's camp in its highest form. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, we need more camp in our lives. We need more real stupidity. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, we need something real stupid. Yeah, and I don't mean like jackass stupid. No, I'm not saying that either. That's the kind of stupid. That's what I'm talking about. Like, we don't need like foolishness. We need no. I think clueless is a great example. That's my point. Clue is a great example. Agreed. Stupid as I love it. Yes, and by no means am I saying please remake these movies. Don't Don't, touch them. Please don't touch them. Please don't. But some things of that ilk. Yeah. You know, we went and saw um, Clueless a couple months ago and a drag queen opened up. It was awesome for it on the stage. And then we saw the film and I loved Clueless all the time because I was always like, this is a brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. Right. And it's like masking itself as this like high school thing, but it's so much more. And it's so and the script is I know. So good. Pivotal. Pivotal. But uh, Mike had never seen it, and he was like, "What? Right? Yeah." Uh, and he Mike. Was, I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. But he he was like, "This is so good." I was like, "I know." It's like really, yeah. it stands up even better now. I was laughing at things that like even as a kid, I was like, "Wow." Yeah, but hearing it as an adult, it like hits different. It's like there's one thing she says about the statue library. She's like, "Because America, like da da da, the statue library should let people in. So let's give Haiti some space already." Like I was like, "I love you." Like you know what I mean? Like she just so good. everything she's saying is like so wonderful, and how they try to set their teacher up. It's just good fun, but like, but raised to that a good script level. So that's what I mean. Is like we need good stupid content, but like just a, I love a good story and I yeah. love a good. I want to feel good. Same. And I think the Barbie movie with all the team that's behind it and oh my with god the, and, I, and i think um it was um what's his face ken i'm blanking because i've had such a lot oh uh, uh, uh ryan, ryan gosling, gosling yeah. ryan gosling was like it's the best script i've ever read he literally said that on oh um, my god show, i, I hope like, he's not bsing because no. that's amazing he was like no it's literally the best script i've ever read oh god i love it and do you know how many good movies he's done yeah for real so he did the notebook he did the he did the fucking notebook. Yeah, he did the, the book. He did he did drive, which I love, which is in like a very in depth script. There's barely any dialogue. Yeah, it's I'm so I'm so excited for Barbie. Oh yeah, and like I mean, this is a good transition for the Pride Parade. Yeah, because the the promo that they were doing for Barbie in the Pride Parade was amazing, <gasps> incredible. Everybody was like in these hot pink jumpsuits. Yeah. with these neon yellowy green rollerblades with pink the accenting, and then disco ball helmets. And they just were rollerblading down the parade, like just like a swarm of people. It was wonderful. I would have broken an ankle, but I would have done that in a second because that would have been so fun. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we should say, so our pride was great. Our pride was great. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was an awakening moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. In what way? In the way that like when I moved here, I wanted to go to pride, obviously, because I was a little baby gay. I had really only ever seen like three other gay people in my whole life. And that's not true. And, um, but you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's more to that story, but, (laughs) 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 um, yeah. Um, but, uh, so I went to the parades and I went for like two or three years in a row and I just decided I hated them. Mm. And it wasn't because of the parade itself or what it no, stood for or anything like that. Not. It was just like the crowds and like trying to get anywhere is miserable. And I've always been kind of an old man and like, you know, I want to be in bed by 10 all the time. Like, I don't care what time I'm getting up the next day. And so I was always like the grumpy old guy. Like, even when I was 19, to be like, I, guys, it's late. Can I, I'm going to go home. They're like, no, we're going to a party now. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah, and also your body's touching me and I'm like, like over this. Right well, now. no, I was, I was I was very into that when I was 19. Well, but, but not straight. Well, all of that. But in, all when you're in a crowd on, on a crowded street for a parade, right, that's I really different. hate that. Yeah. So. So it was miserable, and I stopped going to the parade, I think, in 2008. Wow. I, th- I think 2008. I have not been back. That's like... That's like 15 years. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I have not been what back. A, what a... What a jump. Yeah. Some of it is because I wasn't here. I was a working actor. I was out of town all the sure. time, whatever. But even if I was here, I didn't want to go because it was a pain in the ass to get down there. It was a pain in the ass to like cross the street or get anywhere. So I just True. was like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like every other parade. I'm not going because it's a nightmare mess. But going with you, mm-hmm. because Sarah Seeds invited me as her guest to march with sag Oh, God. I had the best time. It was like, it was, it was like getting situated was kind of organized, like getting organized and situated it was kind of is. annoying yeah. and a chaos mess. But like once you're there, I like my face still hurts from smiling because everyone just like every single like group that passes by like screams and cheers and Every does all things and like the people yeah. that were sitting up in the scaffolding and hanging out of their office windows like it was just so it felt very game of thrones like welcoming of yes. the new royalty or something yes. like screaming out of the windows and stuff gay. super gay and yeah. it was really fun i had such a great time and i'm so grateful that you asked me to oh go because it was just so nice to see i just knew like because we'd been talking about the parade and you were like i hate it i was like wait because because I'd never marched. Yeah, right. To that. This is probably my third or fourth time being in the parade. I was on a float before with another, like a brand, like for something, like three or four years ago. And then I was like, "Oh, this is how you do it. You, you don't. You be I, in it. I won't be in the parade <laughs> because it's like, especially right now, it's so important for us to be out there, just walking and being supportive of everyone and like what's happening right now and certain things and not to whatever fuck those people." Whatever's happening law-wise and all, blah, 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 and all the silly bitch shit, the loud people that won't shut up. Right. I want to be louder than them. And I want us to all celebrate. I want everybody to have a good time. And I also wanted, I, I wanted to see New York, like how it is. Which is Where everybody's like, out there. Yes, yes, Everybody yes. was there. Well, and there's, there's a duality to that too. Like walking down a street in New York that's full of people who are cheering in your direction is like a certain kind of feeling. But I also love the feeling of walking down the middle of a street in New York where there's not a single soul. There, like both of those things are just as exciting mm-hmm. and feel like they have the same amount of possibilities. Yes. And like walking in the parade and seeing all these like beautiful queer people and like it just was great. And like I also saw people I knew mm-hmm. and like some of the press people came up to me that knew me and said hi and like you know and it helped that we were right at the front yeah, with we the SAG after banner for like the for the gods. Yeah. Um. You know, don't like how I feel about the way I look in those is a totally different story. Well, but, I I'm like so happy I wore that red wig. That was like yeah. a last minute decision. I was like, just Perfect pop decision. it on, honey. Like if you're gonna, because I didn't get to go to the mermaid parade this year. Yeah. And I always admit the mermaid yeah. parade, and I was like, this is my like 11 years in a row, and I was like, I'm gonna, I gotta wear my mermaid wig. This yeah, is I've ridiculous. never been to the mermaid parade. Oh my god. I know we want to talk about, about wild and, and and queer and crazy. I need to go. That's but like it, Brooklyn's <laughs> version of it. like it's wild. It's Coney Island's like magical freak show version it's amazing yeah. i love yeah, it yeah but it it was just it was so lovely to see and like a, a lot of the people that i saw on the side on the sidelines sidelines is that what we're calling them the side of the street sidewalks oh, whatever sidewalk, yeah sure um Walking, like watching. afterwards i messaged Spectator. and i was like oh my god i saw like blah, blah, blah. and i'm hanging out with two of them later that's wonderful like oh god just it it just felt so good to do it that way i was sore and exhausted and 
hot and sweaty and gross afterwards. And I had two other places to be right after. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that to myself because I love the people I was going to go see is why. But it was just it. such a great. It was the most I've done on Pride Weekend in 15 years. You know, I think this year, too, felt so important without being like, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't it was just so we needed it. Everybody needed it. I agree. It. I think and, the world needed it. And to be it. honest, I almost didn't go because I was worried that something was going to happen. Mm. Like, I had seen some whispers online that, like, there were, like, yeah. tensions were high for New York, for Pride, and I was really worried. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go anyway. Who cares? Like, I'm a refrigerator. I can take care of myself. And I'm so glad I did. It was just the best. It was the best. And I think I think it was cool to walk, be walking with, like, so many people that are, like, you know, allies that I know, people that are, you know, like my non-binary boo-boos in the, in SAG after all these like prominent actors and people just like yeah. there, like Michelle heard shout out girl, like, uh, Star Trek us, beam us up, Scotty. Trek me to Trek death. me, Michelle. <laughs> love you. Um, yeah, no, I think it was just like so powerful to be around so many artists too. And yeah. then like, like you said, it just felt invigorating. Like people on the street were just happy to see people being happy, well, and being themselves. Yes. And I think the intersectionality of that plus pride plus the timely topicalness of SAG AFTRA and yes. the impending maybe what's going to happen yeah. in the next couple of weeks yeah. with negotiations. Um, you know, which we'll update in bonus episodes prior to this, if if need be, because mm-hmm. we're going to be way behind the curve at <laughs> this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, we might, a- we <laughs> might need to like bump this one you up mean a little the bit. Formerly known as JK, SAG AFTRA is so strong. Oh like well, um, but it is it's super topical and it just felt so good to yeah. be a part of yeah. and on the front line of it all. Yeah, no, it was it was honestly freaking perfect. I, I loved think it, it. It was one of my it was one of my favorite parades too that I've ever like walked in because it felt like I've been in the Halloween parade too in New York like I've been in, I'm a parade kind of she's gal. a parade she's bitch a, she's <laughs> a parade but no but I feel like this one is specifically it just felt so invigorating and like I want to be in part of like the organization of it next year because I I did wasn't so hands-on this year I just kind of they just gave me an invite and they said you can bring a guest and then tapped you in Yay. yeah and I was like well of course and also like I mean let's be real like it's you get to walk down the yeah, like you said, empty avenues of New York City. When you get to do that, well, people cheer just the best, and they're cheering for good shit. There's yeah. argumentally nothing negative that anyone is supporting. Yeah, that literally makes that day makes me feel like, or that weekend made me feel like so positive because nothing that anyone was saying or doing, I don't even disagree with at all. Like it yeah. was just like perfect. Well, and I d- I don't even think I saw any like protesters or anything. No, nobody was there to even protest. No, no. everyone's like, I'm not even. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Because they were home being little little bitches, teacher. but or like they it just was were like you know what? It was also so nice to see like basically from like Washington Square Park onward, mm-hmm. like ten people deep, all the way across oh, it was on the blast. sidewalk. It was amazing. What a turnout! What a turnout. It, yeah. it felt so good, and I would love to do it again. And it was just. <sighs> I want I want you to. I'm, it was I'm just recruiting great. right now, but. I want you to join the union so I can have you in the committees. And I mean, I'm eligible. Well, what the? F- I just need the three grand to join. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, somebody give me a side job. Actually, I can talk to you about that off camera. There's, there's options. Mm, anyway, okay. off, the, off recording. Um, well, and also, which we did announce in our in our Instagram reel. Oh um, yeah. <clears throat> but we haven't officially said here is yes. that. Officially SAG after podcast under the micro budget agreement. Yay. Yeah. And if and let's talk about that really quick too, because sure. I think this is an up a new thing. Very new. Like the podcast coverage. Yeah, is I'm about new. to watch that video they just came out with like our new contracts, our new podcast contracts. I love it. Get yes. in the gig. So like can we talk about that? Like, can we get into it? Like I wanna I wanna hear like the nitty-gritty of it all. Well, I need to I, I know enough to where I'm the one who like got the contract ready and got assigned and everything, but I need to know. I feel like I need to do like no more before I go into like a. I want to watch the video. I want to okay. go into all the tiers because um, we're in we're in a certain agreement that's like a certain tier, and then there's like other tiers. There's some lower. There's some higher. Um, and it's really cool because um, just like the influencer agreement that SAG After came out with in the last right. few years, just like the micro budget agreement, it's really progressive. It's really all inclusive, and it's really awesome because you get the protections. Um, 
Well, and that's that you need. That's one thing that I really love about SAG that I don't love about other unions. Mm, uh, the teachers um, union. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> is that they make. Just kidding. Love teachers. They make creating things so easy and accessible. Yes. And it's literally like, I mean, I watched you do this contract. It took you yep. 15 seconds. It did. Because uh, once I sent in. Okay. So I'm a SAG signatory producer. And if they look down my list, they can see my number and how many things I've produced. And it's got to be less. I probably. Because I've been the producer on other people's stuff so many times it's probably like 15 and I just was like they're gonna look and be like okay she's good for it let's do it but it was so simple and so easy to do that it was just like okay great this is how it should be and they always say our phrases and I've said this on the podcast before um easy to work with harder to fight because that's literally the point that should be the point let's make our but if you're a dick we're gonna you know protector artist yeah totally um yeah (laughs) bitch Bitch. (laughs) but how i mean for inquiring minds who Mm -hmm. might want to know how does one become i mean me included a signatory producer so what you do is you don't necessarily you don't have to be in sag after you don't have to be in the union to be a sag signatory producer um you just have to have uh your body of work your script whatever it is um for us it's the podcast i showed evidence that we recorded it what the premise is who we are our background, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then you just kind of apply and they do a background check and they check all your stuff and they make sure like you've never had a history of like not paying artists or whatever, or, or violent abuses, offense blah, blah, or, blah, blah, you yeah. know, a felony or whatever is going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, actually, I think felons should be able to, after they serve their time, do podcasts. So maybe it'll be fine or do artwork. But what I'm saying is there's no like open case for your arrest or something. Right. And um, they check on everything, but they also check that you have like, you know, that you're not just being like, I want to do this. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. And they're like, that's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know what we're, we're, we're not going to spend a person's time to do this, even though yeah. some things are automated now, which is smart. Which is so smart. Um, but it's still, it's still like germane. It's still like covering all the bases. Um, but yeah, to be a signature producer, just have something, want to make it union. Okay. And then you send in the script, you send in the budget, you send in, like, because typically it's for, for scripted stuff. Obviously, for this, it's just a different, whole new world, a dazzling place we always knew. And basically, you send in, like, your script, your budget, uh, your information, background information, they'll check everything, whether you're an LLC, are you a business, are you a sole proprietorship, whatever that is. And then they background check you, and they check everything, check your ID, they check all that stuff. And then in a few days to like a week, maybe a little bit longer, they'll okay you as a SAG signatory producer. And then you can start applying for projects under those things. What got me to be a producer, a SAG signatory producer, was my original Dr. Seeds, the web series version, not the one that was on Amazon that, you know, that's like still like that got me at like Emmy search and stuff. It's the original one that got me as a. Yeah. And once I was in, I was like, oh, I'm hooked, like in making shit. And I want to make sure that. If I'm in it, it's going to be union. And if and if and if it's something that's under their contracts, which now podcasts are, then I'm going to make it union. So as soon as that thing hit the shelves, that's when I went for us. I don't know which number we are in the till, but we could be one of the first. You know what I mean? Like one of the first, I don't know, couple hundred that went for it. I'm sure there's many yeah, now, but like sure. I, I went for it, you know, because I was like, yeah. as soon as I can do this, that means we have documentation of us. Um, when we have people on the pod, we can send them a a talent agreement which doesn't mean anything other than like at some point when we're getting giant sponsors I mean so many gigante sponsors <laughs> then we can you know then we'll have like more to divvy up but the but the point is it'll be protected because we've protected ourselves right and then also and I'm speaking about this from an actors equity perspective sure I know that there's a thing that I was able to do for someone who worked for me uh, retroactively where they needed like another week or two of insurance weeks. And mm. I was able to fill out some paperwork and send it to like a somebody or other. And then they were able to get that because they were working with me. Now, is there something like that with SAG where if we have someone on who is either SAG eligible or is a SAG member mm. and we give, put them on the mm-hmm. contract that we could help move the needle for them? I think, I think, with the agreement that we have, I'm not sure they would get eligibility, but they would also, if they were union, they would be protected to the full extent. And if they were non-union, they would still be protected to the full extent. I don't think it would give eligibility, but I think that's something that down the line um, can happen. I think, um, I think that's a really interesting conversation Because um, that's Because that's what, because I know with, uh, with episodic stuff or like on camera stuff, um, the micro budget agreement does not give you eligibility. Whereas like the new media, special new media at a certain tier gives everyone eligibility. Like I gave nine non-union people SAG after status from that last pilot I produced. Yeah. Because it met a certain 
requirement. Right. So what, they can pay into that or they can create their pen. They can start them off right, on, right, on right. the right path. Well, and because I also asked too, because voiceover it kind of straddles a weird line with mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Because it is, I guess, like new media or whatever. Yeah, but, but I think a principal voiceover in like something that's SAG after that's like at a certain, again, I think it has to be like a, well, any commercial that's like SAG after and you have a principal role, you will become eligible. Or any um, radio play that's scripted that's like produced at a certain level will get you eligibility. Right. It will immediately. Yeah. Um, I don't know at what tier it kind of makes the jump that gets into like the weeds for contracts. But what I do know is that the whole point of having like smaller contracts or contracts that from like things that are starting out or things that are whatever is so the members that are already there are protected and the people coming in are treated as such it doesn't maybe doesn't give them eligibility but it does give them the you know it gives them the opportunity to work with the union okay people. yeah no it's just and of course like after you said i need to watch this thing to f- learn more about it i'm of course asking you about it and yeah no i know but i know you pull for, answers out of your you're fine no no i know for a fact though our our i think our our podcast contract as this one is does not have the eligibility in it, but I think that down the line, that's going to be something that will probably be worked out. Yeah. It's probably going to be like a tier level. Like once we start making blank money, they'll be like, okay, we can start putting money into like whoever you Taft Hartley or whoever becomes that person. Yeah. We can then allot that to them so they can, they can get their pension, help, whatever yeah. they need, you know, whatever they're joining. Which, which is well, I want to say to people on actually on the pod right now is that if you want to join SAG after and you're scared about joining because of money, go to the Actors Federal Credit Union. They will pay it for you, and you have over. I think you have two years to pay it off with no interest. Interesting, interesting to know that that's my bank. Actors well, Fed- one of them. That's a it's a wonderful bank. I'm yeah. about to switch all my stuff, move all my savings over there because like. Wells Fargo, yikes! Yikes! <laughs> yikes. yikes. Well, the Wells not Fargo sponsor. wagon is a <laughs> not, not coming down, down <laughs> Yeah, they make fake, uh, you know, counts under your name yeah, all the time. Sure, they're freaking shysty as hell. Doing this for years. Yeah, I know. And the only reason I'm there is because when I was 16 and I got my first little bank account, it was at First Union Bank, which then was bought by Wachovia, which was then bought by Wells Fargo. Yeehaw. Yee freaking ha. Um, Banks suck. Yeah, no, for real. I've been with Actors Federal for a while. I was with Chase and they were doing some things I didn't like. And so cool. I was like, I'm going to go to um, AFCU because they have better interest rates and this and the next thing. But also they're janky as hell. And unfortunately, they're like they're understaffed. So if you ever have to call them for anything or like applying for a loan takes forever in a day because there's like four people that work in the office. Like it's 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 a credit union. Totally. That's what I'm going to say. Right. I'm going to stay. Yes. I'm back up and I'm going to say if that's you need okay. immediate help that is not the place yeah for yeah you. okay that makes sense yeah yeah but, the, <laughs> but what I like and just to like clarify I've been there for like eight years so like it's, <laughs> you've experienced the game I've experienced all of the things yeah and I do love them and I do intend to stay yeah um just just a tangent there <laughs> I feel that no but like um yeah I wouldn't know um I do know the people who work there because we've done a lot of um really cool stuff with them like with our convention or like but something I've brought up to our New York contingent members or like people who are like pre-members as I like to call them not non-union pre-members uh that's something that we talk about in our local that it's a possibility here in New York that's something they offer whereas like in Los Angeles there's one as well at another credit credit union I don't remember like actors first credit union or something like that um but I don't know if it's in the other locals as well which sucks and I think that's that sucks for the smaller to mid but they're also their their fee to join is much less interesting yep it's much less to join in like another local than it is in New York and LA Interesting. Yep. Well, it makes sense because where's all the work? Right. Why are we going to charge somebody some over here the same amount of money as someone over here? I do think right. it makes sense because I think it's kind of wrong to charge a blanket fee to everyone in the United States, especially like, I mean, now, yes, work is more spread out, but especially sure. when these things were decided, somebody in like... Like Peoria. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to have the wherewithal to have all this work that we're having in New York and LA. And then it just makes sense. Like it's it's imbalanced. I think that was a really thoughtful thing for them to do, you know? And I do think that the people with the, the people that have more should be the ones helping those with not the more options. Like we should help by giving more. Right. I agree. Um, so I love that about that. They thought of that in the beginning. I was like, that's very smart because I feel bad for my friends, you know, and like, like, you know, other smaller locals that are just like, yeah, I've, 
I get this many auditions a week most. And I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and I think that's also kind of a narrative that a lot of people in the online space talking to actors push is that like, you know, you, you should not join SAG until you're at a certain level or until you're ready or whatever. And I mean, like I've always questioned that for me because I became SAG eligible because I was Taft Hartley Den because I put my dick on HBO that's a big thing to do. It was honestly, a big thing I. To do. <laughs> <laughs> but also that paycheck. Oh, that's what was I mean. Really girthy. Oh, it was. Yeah, I love that word. Real nice work. Um, but yeah, that's how I Taft Hartley did it on the Deuce. Well, you did it on HBO. I did. That's sick. Hello, it was great. It was actually that was the thing. I think we talked about this before, but that was the thing that made me be like, I really want to do more television. Yeah, dude. TV's because awesome. we had such a great day. Oh, TV's incredible. And like. Alicia Rodas, like shout out to that queen um, who just had a whole, I think not a whole article, but she was quoted in an article about the idol and that whole situation. Oh my God. Coordinator, but she's just the best. And we had the best time on set with her. Good. She was so cool. The HBO close set for like the nudity part was just the most professional. HBO is such a great team. I'm sorry. Max. Max. Which actually is another thing that happened in the industry recently. Yes. Not not the Max thing, but also I believe it was Paramount just absorbed Showtime. Interesting. Yeah. So they're obviously trying to compete with. All these conglomerates are getting big. All the conglomerates, baby. I mean, what was it? It was uh, HBO absorbed Discovery or Discovery Discovery. absorbed. Discovery absorbed HBO. Yeah. Okay, Which and so now Paramount, Paramount, I believe, absorbed Showtime. Okay, love Showtime. And Showtime's gone, and it's just Paramount now. But Discovery is still an independent, is a separate thing from HBO. It's just now Max. Which I'm sorry, I'm always going to call it HBO. My bad. oh my god, home box office HBO. That's H- my girl right there. HBO, HBO girl. <laughs> well, like what I love is like if you go onto the Max app, which I had to download. And you go to like, there's an HBO section. So it's all HBO originals and they're still calling it that. I don't know how long that's going to stay. But I hate it that like it changed because there is such a prestige to that name. Totally. I mean, even when they fuck shit up, you're still like, it's HBO. I still love them. They're going to come out with some good shit next year. Don't worry. And it was like Showtime and HBO were, and like maybe stars were like the three things Mm -hmm. that you could rely on to see like Mm -hmm. nudity and like kind of grittier stories. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which, you know, as a teenager, I was like, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're like, I want to see all of that. Show me some dick. <laughs> Chitter. Um, no, I didn't want to see those. No, you didn't. Well, <laughs> well you know. You know. America. <laughs> America. Well, our, like, like, our, like, you know. weird relationship with nudity on television here in the, here in the States. Yeah. Well, it's like, if, if it's not exploitive, um, I just, I love the advent of, um, of, uh, coordinators like intimacy coordinators i think that's so necessary because i've been on sets where i've been like you added what yeah well i mean that was the story with the idol i don't know if you saw this but like the whole thing was that the intimacy coordinator came up uh was present during a scene where like this woman i don't remember the name of the actress but she like had her shirt open wasn't off Mm -hmm. and they were filming something like that and they had talked about it and coordinated it and of course like did their job sure and then the actress like whipped her boobies out and the intimacy coordinator stopped the scene and was like, actually in your contract, you're not allowed to do that. Right. You know, that's a whole thing we need to go back into nego- mm-hmm. negotiation for. So like, just don't do that because that's not part of the scene. Yeah. And like, she was like, what? I can't do that. And then they ended up locking the inst- oh, that's, intimacy coordinator in a that's closet. That's the plot line in the show. Oh, is that's it? Not, that's, not oh. fa- that's not what happened behind Got the scenes. That's not literally watching the, the show. show. Got it. Okay. I'm not watching cool, the show, cool, cool, but cool. D'Angelo Wallace, shout out to you, Boo Boo, on YouTube. D'Angelo Wallace, one of my favorite commentators on everything. That Boo Boo has the best insight on almost everything. Okay. And I think they're, they're quite young, but they're very astute. That's actually the plot line. So that show got it. That okay. show trips at the starting line from the beginning because the literal antagonist of the first episode is the intimacy coordinator. Oh, Y'all no. are fucking up. Yeah. And also the weekend. Okay, Oof. so I'm not oof, I know. I'm not watching it and so now I, I won't watch dumb, it. But <laughs> I won't watch it. But I was it. reading something about it on I think I think Deadline. No, that's like that's a plot of the first episode. Okay, got it. And there's um there's so many scenes where Lily Rose Depp um, is masturbating for no reason and choking herself. They do it like over and over and none of the men are, and it's like really exploitive. And I, I understand like, it's just, it just seems sus. This is made by a dude and it's like, we're trying to like show like 
the exploitation and like what that is, but but by exploiting people, <laughs> yeah, it's such a miss. I don't know, like it's just such a miss. I mean, I also think it's weird that it's only five episodes. They cut it down because it was so bad. I, I mean, I, okay, this is again something I saw on Twitter today. I saw that it was always supposed to be five episodes. Yes, but it was going to be possibly six because you can't. Here's here's what I know. You okay. can't be qualified for any awards if you don't have six episodes. Oh. And they do, they made it down to five. So obviously, something and not good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that that show to me is irresponsible. Um, look, I'm not like a prude, but I'm also like, this is irresponsible. The messaging is off. Um, well, if it doesn't play into the story in like a real way. Yeah, and there's and a very abusive like human be being that The weekend plays terribly. No offense, dude, you're acting, wow. Um, and um, no, it's so bad. It's like on, it's like how did this happen? And like they'll play the weekend's music while he's sexually violent here. You know, and it's like you're like who thought of it? Who thought this was like the way to go? Right. Like what is the narrative? What is here? what is the point? Again, like, I'm just I have to, not seen this. So I yeah, know nothing I mean, there's, about there's this a lot of really, um, you know, I guess well, we'll do trigger warning. But like, there's just a lot of really. Um, I know it's made by the same guy I did Euphoria. So shocker. But it's just like. It's taking another yeah, step. But like Euphoria was good. Right. That's I my point. Euphoria. But that's my point. <laughs> it's like taking all the stuff from Euphoria that's not that's not good for humans and making it so it's not like shown in the light that is responsible. It's also not shown in like it's not well written. It's not well acted. Lily Rose Depp, I give you, I commend you because you, you obviously went through the ringer for this because the things they made you do and Ooh, the things girl. that you see now I want to watch it out of curiosity. I'll send you a video. Guys, here's what I'm going to say. Don't watch it. And go to D'Angelo Wallace on YouTube, and he breaks it down each episode, and it's very entertaining. Okay. And his reactions are like... Okay. That's what I recommend. Send me that. I would love to watch it. I'll send that immediately to you, because that's how I know the plot of everything. And there's, like, good actors in it. It's just a shame, because the material is bad. I'm so mixed up the plot from what Yeah, that's literally the plot. Yeah. I'm glad I've seen... I'm glad... Well, look, I would have been like, wow, but luckily I've seen the commentary. Because I'm like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to, um, you know, for lack of a better word, like talk about something negatively unless I know at least like why I'm damning it. And it had it had the warning signs from a mile away that this is going to be bad. This is going to be exploitive. El I problematico. Feel, yeah, el problematico. Like basically at Cannes, people were, the critics were like, I feel awful that I watched this. I feel... This was irresponsible oh, no. like that. You know what I mean? Like you're just watching and you're like, the fact that this was made is like very upsetting. Yeah. Like that this even made it past like, cause there's like lines in it that you're just like, what? She's like mental illness is sexy. Like really, really, okay. really try hard. Well, and I think stupid this, shit. I want to tie this into the rich bitch thing too. Yeah, let's please because talk. like, I feel like a lot of people stop themselves from going past a certain point because they feel like, they're not good enough or they're they're not going to get there. Or it's too big of a mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, again, haven't seen this. So this is not my opinion. But like, you know, I'm basing this off of what we talked about. But if something like that can get made. Facts. Then like sky's the limit, man. I'm telling you right now. It's they, like the living delusional part. 100%. Because I'm thinking about what made me think I had the audacity to write Dr. Seeds and then make a show that about a non-listed psychiatrist who rides the D-train and has to fix people is because... I was on set where people had gotten massive amounts of money right, remember we for a crap script. Yeah. And I'm sitting and there were dudes, you know, of course, white dudes. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, the women in this are morons. It's written like yeah. a five. It's written like a man. He's never spoken to a woman in his life. <laughs> and it's written like I don't have a, a like I have no backstory. I'm plot like I'm here for you guys. Yeah, you know, I'm a vehicle. Yeah. And it's like it's like this got so much money and like. It's not good. So I should be writing things. Right. Because I have the audacity. I'm an intelligent person. I should be writing some shit. Yeah. And I really, I know we keep coming back to the audacity of it all, but that's really what it comes down to. The audacity of it all. The audacity of it all. I just had a conversation with, um, audacity. (laughs) uh, I just had a conversation with a friend last night about this too, because they're, they're kind of dipping their toes and have been for like the last year or two into like the drag scene. Fun. And, oh God. Can and I they said the to me, 
yeah, they said to me, like, oh, you know, the only real way to make it as a drag performer is, like, to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was, like, false. Wrong. Absolutely false. Absolutely wrong. And it was just kind of, and, like, nothing against it or anything, but it's just, like, RuPaul's Drag Race is in, like, what, season 400? Like, yeah. Like, I'm almost to the point now 14? where it's, like, I don't know. yeah, got it. Okay, cool. You're on Drag Race. And you're in, like, five. Well, first off, love that you're in all those countries because you're spreading awareness. Because yeah. we used to kill you in those countries totally. for being this. Absolutely. But... Yeah, that's not the only. If that was the only vehicle, then we are we are disregarding real good fucking drag queens. Absolutely, and we were talking about like Willem as and you're an limiting example. yourself. Yeah, we we're talking about Willem as an example. Yeah, Willem got like, kicked. They played off. all these roles on TV as an an, an actual actress actor Facts. before like that. Like playing drag, all sorts of characters, right? Before the drag faction really kind of was the full 100. identity of of that person. So, like, really, what it came down to was having the audacity. This audacity. person having the audacity to like write something for themselves where drag isn't the point, mm. and it's just the fact that they're a character who happens to be in drag playing that role. It's and a vehicle. I talk about, yeah, I talk about this a lot with queer writing too. Like, I don't feel. There is a time and a place where it needs to be shoved in someone's face that this is the culture, this is what happens, this is what's expected, this is protocol for pronouns, and this, that, and the next thing. However, I do think that we're, I don't want to say we're getting to a point, but we're going to get to a point, Mm -hmm. again, time and a place, Sure. where that conversation doesn't need to be had. And it's it's kind of the more show me, don't tell me idea Mm -hmm. where it's like i don't need you to like jam down my face that you're a drag queen i can see you're a drag queen or see i don't need you to tell me that just play the part and tell the story yeah and like that's right well and that is going to further humanize queer like communities within the queer community because they're looked at as others because media keeps othering them or tokenizing them exactly that's what i mean and so like by creating a narrative for yourself and writing roles for oneself about about them or about a character where their queerness is just how they exist and it's not the point of the story then then like that's what i want to see and the Same. example that i used was white collar when that was on tv right matt bomer was gay no one knew it the character wasn't but in my mind cuz i'd never watched the show that's a gay character mm. and it was like it wouldn't have mattered no and it like it, and it's just and i don't want to i don't want to come at this from like a heteronormative perspective but like if we just write stories about people and then assign identities to them later and then make adjustments accordingly. To me, that's an easier way of writing something than mm-hmm. if you're like, I'm going to set off to write a role for a you know person that is nothing like me and whatever. I am doing this right now where I'm writing the story and then I will decide later right. if that person is on the queer spectrum, if they're on an autism spectrum, right. like if they're a person of color or not, or like where they're back. Like I'll figure that out later and then make story adjustments also as I necessary. De- or, or also like audition, like what I did for Dr. Seuss is I auditioned a very diverse pool. I had no right. idea who was going to be anything, what, what's this, what's that. And we ended well, up and being that's, that's a very I mean. diverse cast because you just bring in a diverse pool and the best people are going to get the part. Right, and that's what I mean by making adjustments yeah. later. Like if, if it happens to be a role where adjustments need to be made for their background of course or there's some roles that you like i wrote this for a purpose and sometimes that that does lend itself to that okay that must be a woman or whatever like who knows but the thing is is like you're right like if we just if we keep making stories that are like niche then america's not going to look or the world's not going to look at a a people and be like oh category yeah well and i think i think the thing about this that really bugs me the most and we've talked about this before is that like the, the trope of queer media is always drug addict, sex worker, like in the club, shooting up, dying of AIDS. Like those are the main (laughs) things. And like, it's so tired. Like I just want to see, but that's not you, honey. No, it's not me. And it's no one I know. Right. And so it's like, why, why can't we just write stories about our lives? Right. Where being on the queer spectrum is just an ornament on the bigger tree. That's part of your being. It's not, it's not your, it's not my whole identity. I am gay. Gay is what I am. Right. I am gay. But the problem is that the, a lot of the people I'm making an assumption, but a lot of the people writing these things 
it is their identity. And so they don't know how to write beyond that. Right. Because their whole identity is going to the club and poppers and well, drag. And it's and that. And it's like, what will the networks buy? Right. Totally. Right. I mean, there's right. And, and society is the issue. And I also think that that's another reason why we're about to have after all of this strike negotiation things, there's going to be a yeah. massive influx of indie filmmaking and I'm very indie television making. I'm very excited too, because like who cares what the networks are doing? Like they're already fucking around and finding out and like and they're behind and I would love to be a part of them if right. they're going to catch up. But otherwise I am happy to pool my resources and favors and just do it myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with my people. Right. Because I think that we're going to be able to tell better stories that are com- that come from a more relatable, authentic place than if we have a board and shareholders breathing down our neck to be like, no, that's not what middle America wants right. to see. Right. Because to be honest, they do. I don't care what middle America well, wants to see. Well, also, they do want to see it. That's why all these shows are being watched. Right. You know what I'm saying? And my thing is, is like, I hate that, like, that's another category, middle America. Who the fuck is that? I mean, truly, like, you go anywhere... You're going to see a group of people and there's going to be some people that are for something. Some people aren't. It's like yeah. the world is cra- like it's so annoying. It's like um, it, and especially like it, what I can relate to, especially as being a woman. It's like what made me want to write was like every single woman I ever read on the page was like, who is this? I don't know any girls like this. Yeah. I don't talk to any girls it's, like this. It's the it's the thinking of a certain group of people as a monolith. Right. You know, I'm sure do, there are, there are doing, some girls like that. But doing like, that for you as a woman and seeing how they're being written. Me talking about the people right. in, in middle America, talking about pe- queer people on the page. Yeah. Like we're all viewing these things as monoliths and they're just not. And no. so how can we get over that hump? Right. And I think one of the coolest stories, too, and this kind of ties in with one of my scenes I shot today, not an audition. This was my final for like my international acting studio class. I chose a scene from Alien and I chose like a scene where Ripley it's the first time the ca- Dallas has gone down and she's the second in command and she finally has to take charge and you see all the play the players like the la- the ones that remain the last time together before everyone's by themselves or things are going haywire and all that stuff and I chose that because it was important to me when they wrote the script because I have the original script there was a man in the role but then they were just were like we're just gonna see who does a good job or also we're going to see we're going to maybe switch it up and see and it just it was written for a dude they changed it to a female enter Sigourney Weaver it's it you know what I mean and like it's one of the most iconic roles and it and nothing about it is like a woman couldn't play that because it wasn't even written for a woman it was just written for a person and it's just good yeah that's it it is and I think the again writing for a person yeah a multifaceted human being right that's and- hopes and dreams and fears and all the things above exactly and unless there's something about the way the reason why you're writing it that being a queer person or a person of color right. or a woman or whatever needs to, to be adhered on that human on that character then like of course do that but can we stop with like the tropiness of it all yeah i'm so tired yeah i'm tired too i'm fucking tired i'm fucking tired and again if i'm going to write something about something happening like the Roe v. Wade thing or like everything happening in the world the 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 best way for me to turn people off and for them not to listen is to make it super fucking tropey super preachy the best thing I do is show authentic human beings living in the world as it is or what it could be yeah and having a message and I think again to tie this back into Barbie I yes. think one of the reasons why I'm so excited to see that is because it sounds as if though they have done that Right. And then just like doused it in glitter and camp. I love that. There's someone. Someone's yelling outside. Somebody, the somebody, a, a They're zombie applauding is, us. Zombie outside is freaking out. They're like, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, I agree with this entirely. And um, that's always been something for me is like, if we just start with a great diverse pool of human beings and just create something good, it's going to come out. But no one thinks of that from the get. They have to have this person be this, this yeah. person be this. We need to fit this. Uh, we have a pie chart. We didn't get this one. We didn't get. It's just very annoying, and it's like um, I understand why, but I understand why it's been that way lately because it was so the other way. Yeah, we had to do something. And I'm so for like give give everyone a chance. Like give right, I, but to be authentic and interesting, and to yeah. reach the minds of people that maybe don't have access to a lot of this and to change hearts and minds or to touch hearts and minds is just hiring the best people. I want to 
refer to this and I maybe we'll put this in the uh, show notes here for this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But there was again, I'm spending all day reading Deadline now and they just put <laughs> out like the, I think it was the top 10 uh, non-produced scripts written by queer writers and some of them, I was like, I would watch that wow. in a heartbeat. Because a lot of them, from the sounds of it, are what we're talking about. Right. Like, yes, it's a queer story, but it, it's not it's a human story. Like, some of them were like sci-fi. And or, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I I can't think of it right now. Part of me wants to pull it up. It's just going to take too long to find yeah, it. But, oh, my God. That's fun. I'm so excited. I love sci-fi. About, about like, some of these unproduced people and i'm hoping that that like feature in deadline will get them some attention and some money towards their project because oh my god yeah we have some brilliant minds yeah if anything i noticed from like doing film festivals lately and seeing like people from like whether it's the inwood film festival or the golden door or, like uh, recently oh yeah recently a movie of mine that i'm the lead in uh premiered at golden door it was fabulous i had a lot of people text me about it which was really cool after it and we're like quoting the movie to me really cool to feel that um it's just like when you make when you make good stuff, indie stuff or or big stuff, but it reaches that like indie audience. It's such a great game changer and it really creates a community. Um, yeah. And I just think it's important. I'm looking up these writers now Do it. because I'm really now. that. I but I did want to say about Pride. Another thing, since like I don't think we've done an episode post Pride. We, we, we There's no way we have. Um, I started my weekend being paid to dance at a like street party. Oh my God, that's right. And then for- I, I and then this. I got to see Trixie Mattel, one of my favorite queens, uh, spin some records on the rooftop and it was so good. And there's a clip on my Instagram where she's like, you wanted me to drop it? Say drop it, bitch. Say hell yeah, bitch. And right when I was filming the big TV screen of her saying like, we were all saying hell yeah, bitch. It's literally me on the TV screen holding up my phone saying, hell, I can see myself filming myself. It's saying so funny. It. It's fun. And that was such an iconic way to start it off. And then just to, you know, then just to segue, it was just fabulous pride. Just yeah, started it really was. Yeah. And I, I forgot about that because so much has happened oh, in so the much. last week. Oh, and then we, your billboard. Oh my God. We're so what stupid. What are we doing? <laughs> So you dumb. mean the highlight of my life? Well, yeah, literally, <laughs> I, totally I came forgot. and I literally took so many. Like, I was there too. It's not like you just were there. Like, we both right. were there. No, we were, and I got I got all the photos back from well, Re- Rebecca J. Michelson, who's Ooh. brilliant. Rebecca J. Michelson, love her so much. Shout out, RJ. Um, yeah, I had a billboard in Times Square over yeah. Pride. Yeah, what the forgot f- to mention. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Can we just go back and say? I was well, like, let's wrap up the pride. Like, yeah, nope. Let's, no more let's pride re- talking. I'm like, let's re-unwrap this mother. This was your pride. Like, it you was had my a pride. I tell- such a. This was the best pride I could have asked yeah, for. Yeah, let's think. I mean, yeah. I'm, so it started. Wow, I had a dance okay. party was on a rooftop with Trixie Mattel, getting it done. And then the next day, I was there for your billboard in Times Square yeah, for your book. The so. billboard reveal. It was so daunting. Like. I went back on Saturday because my mom came into town to see it. And then we went and saw Some Like It Hot. And we had a whole dinner thing. It was really fun. But we stood on the other side of the street mm. underneath it to, like, look up at it. And it was so daunting to, like, look up and see 33 feet of my face love that. in LED. We love 33 feet. It's, uh, same. And I don't think I will ever forget that feeling. I don't really you have can. a word for it. But it was just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that was, it was a blast. It was a blast. We had such a good time and then like made our way over to the drama bookshop and like took some photos and bought some I made some good friends at that drama bookshop. You I sure did. That there. guy I... behind the counter loved you. Yeah, we were BFFs by the end. Like we were friends. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I ran into my friend Robert, who I love. Yeah. Um, It was just such a good weekend. The billboard of it all. Just I bought like, a signed copy and I sure have it did. on my bookshelf now. Yes. Um, just the whole weekend was kind of magical. I agree. Like Friday, Start Friday was like the event with the friends and the Times Squares with, and then pay, Playbill Pride. My friend Brian produced that whole thing, and it was so great. That's awesome. Um, oh and that wow, was going yeah, that was on amazing. at the same time while we were doing as that. the billboard. Yep, and so we got to experience that at the same time, and then you know the drama bookshop thing, and then you know the next day was the hotel lobby drinking, the hotel live lobby piano drinking, realness yep, with yeah. my friend Dan Pardo and his wife Chrissy, who sings yeah. her ass off. Yes. Um, and then my mom came in the weekend, and we got to see the billboard again, which was great. And she, I have a picture of her taking a picture of it, <laughs> and it just like makes so me, cute. I love my mom. Your mom's awesome. Um, she's the best. Yeah. And then, I love uh, our moms. We have good moms. Same we do. Yeah. And uh, 
And like it just was fun. And then Sunday was the parade, of course. So like all of that happened. In I love the kids having the a meltdown in the hallway right now. Oh my now. god, they've migrated. Um, but all that happened in the expanse of like three days. That's what I mean. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's wait, wild. there was more because I was like, there was. I like, feel like it started off with like iconicness, and then it was like iconicness, and, and then, then it was like iconicness. Like, <laughs> so I feel like this is the best one I think I've had in a long time. Same. I mean, for obvious reasons. Well, yeah. But like, I mean, you're part big part of that with the SAG marching that was, with SAG. I, like that was. Honestly, I had so much fun. Like, why is that the thing we keep talking about? But honestly, we just need to be in more parades. I think that's what I we know. just figured and out. I need more billboards. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to do that again sometime. I'm going to do one eventually. Of course I will do one. Let's I'll all book do something. One. Everyone should do a billboard. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Put the money um, on the table. Okay. I did pull up the writers. Okay. That yeah. We'll about. finish here. And this, this, is, this, is the, this is the one that stood out to me. There were a couple that did. But this so is it's the like one a log line? Like, Fuck. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Glorious Empire by a non-binary person named Amanda Caitlin Eberhardt. And it says, in an age of extreme decadence and political unrest, a rebellious teen empress sets her sights on one of Rome's holiest and most untouchable of women, setting off a chain of events that threatens to tear down the most powerful empire in the world if her own family doesn't destroy her first. Based on the incredible true story of Rome's first and only trans female ruler, Elagabalus. Work. I... I want to watch the fuck out of that. I would watch the out of that. Baby. Um, there's some really wow. That's fun. fun. Yeah, I mean, there's some really. Fun. That's there's... why I'm, I hear that and I go, "That's a real story." I always think of like, why isn't that movie about Julie B- Dagny been made? That's that dual that swords woman that was like. Oh one right, I, like, like talking about her. It just, I love it her. just it just kills me because or Anne Bonnie or like uh you know like, I don't know just like there's so many people that need movies. This is this is another one. It's okay. called Hex. By uh, Joey Capu- Capuana. Capuana. I'm, per- I'm totally pronouncing it's it wrong. Fine. I'm so sorry, Joey. Um, it's called Hex. It says, a deceptive and tenacious drag queen and his coven of novice witches must unravel a twisted supernatural mystery, becoming unlikely heroes in a centuries-old struggle with satanic forces. Like, what in Can the I world? Can I be in that kitten? I have no idea what that vibe is what it looks like but i'm so interested oh i like, want to be in that, that coven. could be so fun okay sign me up these like and that's the thing i really hope that some of these things that these, these are brill written are get made they're getting me they're in so great they're like giving me so much excitement yeah see and I that's love. more excitement than half the shit that's i mean 90 percent of the 90 percent of the shit. Uh, 90 98 someone 5. go give them money <laughs> yeah just give these people your money give us then, your money and then give us some money yeah exactly the firework just went off when we said that yes exactly like we have some good ideas so give us money. yeah and i have more and i just started another one i started another uh log line for another idea i'm glad the pitch check thing is doing good because i i have to agree with you my mind works that way too where like i've actually stopped writing the whole thing and I've done a pitch deck first. There's it's, so many people I've talked to who have been like, don't write anything. Write a pitch deck first. And it's so helpful. It makes and you organize it. Who would have thought? Like, writer brain is so much like, I need to get this idea out and write it. But like, that's what a pitch deck does. Yeah. It helps you get the idea out. And people have and different organize ways. organize it. Totally. People have different ways. Like, they do beach. So I, I, Mike is a very much into the beach sheets. Like, he'll do like a list of the 60 things that happen. Yeah. And then he like writes the thing. I like to do a pitch deck because, and I like beats too, but like I like to do a pitch deck because to me it's like, let's talk about the characters, let's talk about the world first, let's talk about where are we going, where are we ending, what's the message, what's the symbolism, then we then it starts filling in the blanks, especially for series when you're trying to come up with like plot structure for like yeah like the twelve episodes of season one. Well, or and whatever. I also I also like the the component of a pitch deck where you kind of visual like like suss out what's going to happen in season two mm-hmm. because then that also gets me excited to like paint some more colors into season one. Yes, God. I love it. No, I think it's the best thing ever. I as agree. soon as I started getting into pitch decks, I was like, <sighs> "Love you." Yeah, I I totally see why you're into it. Yeah, it's a creative outlet, and it and it's to me, it's like, uh, you know, I've started taking clients, uh, new clients, because I finally have the the room. I did so many this year, and not, yeah. and which has been really great. So yeah, if you guys ever want to, eh, it's gonna be a couple months around at least. But if you want to have a pitch deck made, well, maybe not by the time maybe this maybe not. This <laughs> Woo! Hell yeah. She's in demand. Uh, yeah, um, sarahseeds.com. I have a pitch deck link there, or you can just DM me at Sarah Seeds. I do have, um, 
I've made so many pitch decks at this point and I just love doing them. I've, I, I, there's so many ideas that people bring and, um, it's so wonderful to like see their idea come to life. And, and honestly, some of them I get, I get really involved in to the point where they're like, we want you to come on as like, whatever, like producer in it, whatever you yeah. want. And sometimes they, and that's cool if they don't either, but sometimes you vibe so hard an idea and that's the creative process that you're just like, wow, this is really good. You need yeah. to make this. No, I love. Yeah. More fireworks. More fireworks. Pre. Fireworks. But anyway, so yeah, to end up this, to end this episode, uh, I just want to say one thing. We don't know what's going to happen with SAG-AFTRA. I don't know why people were freaking out about that video. Everyone needs to just calm down. Yeah, and we'll keep we'll keep people updated. And yeah. If we throw bonus, we'll throw bonus episodes out as yes. like stuff unfolds. Yes. I have um, behind the scenes stuff I can't talk about, but I will say this. What will happen will happen. If SAG-AFTRA does agree, I shared a video about it too, that that WGA East uh, LGBT rep guy, he's awesome, like he's a member of it. I share his stuff all the time. He has a very good way of level head of looking at a stu- that stuff. He's like, look, if Sa- there's demons in our hallway, it's pretty wild. Anyway, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, see? Are they, are they playing tag? What's happening? Yeah, I think they're youths. Oh great! Okay, cool. cool it's cool, just cool. youths. Great, being the youths. youths. Yeah, it, it's been recently. I don't know what happened. I think the summer school's out for summer, and it I've just had a lot of experience of that. that. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, is that uh, if SAG-AFTRA in how many days? Two days. Uh, <laughs> we'll know either way. And if they agree to, if if, if they settle on something with the NPTP, it's going to be incredible. Because we're not going to do it otherwise. Yeah. The membership has voted and showed that we're a cool striking bitch if you don't 98%. do what we want. So that's my point. Is like us as a union are all like, nah, if you don't want to do what we want to do, deuce. Like that's obvious. Yeah. So either it's going to be good for us and we'll say yes and that's a good thing, guys. Or it's not going to be what we want and then we're also striking along with the writers. And I love that the guy who was in the Writers Guild who's representing, uh, who's a rep for them, or he's a member of the Guild and he's in a committee, I think the LGBTQIA Committee East, I believe. He was saying how, um, look, don't be upset if SAG-AFTRA settles on the 30th. That means they've taken the whole month and it's good. But but also don't be surprised if they strike. Like you just, it's going to be either yeah. way. And like both things will be good for us. Exactly. Both end. things will be good because yeah. we can't, if someone, let's just say they go, wait, okay, we're going to give you literally everything you asked for. Whoa, what a change in the, what for all of us. Yeah. Because I got to say, it's good. It'll although, be good. although playing devil's advocate here, I don't think that's going to happen. No. On, only because studio executives are not that malleable and they're going to try and hold on to as much profit as right. they can. And they already got the DGA to do whatever. So they're going to try it with us. But we're not going to do it, guys. We're not going to do it. That's, yeah. I, I know this union. I know. I know some of the negotiators, there's no way we're going to go. Yeah. And like in the, in their defense and I will never defend them normally, but like sure. they're just doing their jobs, you know, like mm-hmm. this, this was a point that Rachel Bloom had made early oh, on that I, that I pointed to like their jobs are not to make films. Their jobs are to make money and to create, uh, uh-uh, get out of the trash. Naughty girl. She's Clear. on drugs. Clear. Sorry. Um, My cat's on drugs. And then, and like their jobs are to make money by way of making film and television. Facts. Their job is to make shareholders happy and to make the board happy and to keep profits rising. Mm-hmm. And so like I don't blame them for wanting to do what they're doing. Yeah. It just also, is also not fair because they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. 100%. Like, they're not going to miss $100 million and to like spread it across the body. Like no one is going to miss that. No. Um. And if they're going to miss it, they can make it up in other ways. You know what they do miss now is having shows writers. being done in L.A. Right. Well, that's, that, that, was the point, that was the point I was going to make is that, like, if they're missing it, then they'll be able to make it up by having better product, by having better things that want to do better numbers because you've chosen to pay people a wage that they can live on so they're not strung out. And they can write better things. Help me help you. Help me help you. Like, truly, help uh, help us help you. Yes. Baby. If you want us to make money, if you want us to make good stuff, if you want to, if you want a renaissance, pay me of good stuff. Pay me, pay me. Put the dollar, put the dollars on the table. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's our that's our thing. We'll see what happens in two days from this standpoint, yeah. and we'll see. It'll be three weeks later when yeah. this comes out. Well, so. no, I think I think we should early early release this. We just keep doing that. We're gonna I have know, ones that are just gonna be like it's snowing. <laughs> it's like July. That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm not against it, dude. I'm in. Yeah. So it's, I'm obviously I, actually, in. I don't I'm care. kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I'm working forward where they're like, like, wait. Oh my God, it's snowing outside. Wait. It's August. <laughs> wait, are they okay? Wait, we should we should always clarify dates while we're talking Yeah, about maybe these we things. should. Be like, guys, I don't know when this is getting released, but here yeah, we are. Yeah, well, I think, to be honest, it, it'll come out when it comes out. If things get 
cuckoo cray, then sure. But yeah, this is good. This is good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Put the money on the table. Pay me. Give me the dollars. Give me the dollars. You're so rich. Uh, pay me. Pay me. Pay me.